You're listening to KYMN 95.1 FM, 1080 AM, and streaming online at KimRadio.net. It's time for the On Deck Sports Show, sponsored by Falk Financial Services. It's the show that covers America's pastime through the eyes of the people who love it the most. From journalists to broadcasters, and of course, the athletes that play the game, we will have all your bases covered. Here's your host, Colin Landsteiner. Good afternoon, KYMN listeners. We've got a fantastic show planned for you today. Earlier this morning on the Super Saturday Sports Show, I chatted with Kevin Fallness. We're going to take a listen back to part two of that conversation where we discussed all different things from fans being back in the stands to his broadcasting career and much more. But before that, we are going to take a listen to a conversation with KYMN's own Lance Reister. All right, you're listening to the On Deck Sports Show, sponsored by Falk Financial Services. Our guest, Lance Reister from the NYBA, and you also know him from right here at KYMN. Lance, (laughs) thanks for joining me. Yeah, Colin, thanks for having me. Lance, we talk about this a lot at the office, but let's talk about it here on the radio. Baseball, (laughs) you are heavily involved with the NYBA, and for anybody who might not be aware of what the nyba does and what their role is here in northfield why don't you just give us kind of a quick rundown on what you guys do uh the nyba it stands as an acronym for northfield youth baseball association we're one of if not the largest youth association in northfield with uh anywhere between 350 and 450 families each year we're a nonprofit group like i said offering in-house from all the way down as low as five years old kindergartners with t-ball through 15u and we have lots of different a uh, lots of different team options stuff even with through in-house we have the, like i said the t-ball going into coach pitch going into machine pitch for your uh, second and third graders your eight nine year olds minors that's when you start doing a kid pitch at uh at 10 uh, and 11 and then, uh, and that's also when we start them going to tournaments. Is at that ten and eleven year old age group. They uh, the, those kids there that go to the tournaments. Uh, they are tournament only, so they still play in house. It's a great transition we have found to make kids actually better at the game, so that they get their practicing in and they can go compete against some of these bigger communities. So they the ten year olds play in three tournaments, and then the eleven year olds play in four. And we transition them into travel. So this year we have four tournament teams at 10 and 11U. Uh, we start them out at 10A and 10AA when they're 10-year-olds. And then if they win, if they get fourth in state or better, then we move them up a level. Yeah. So this year we have an 11A and 11AA as well. So we have four tournament teams. Um, and then we uh, that then they transition as 12-year-olds. That's when they start doing a full travel schedule. Um, we have nine travel teams. They travel. We play in the Metro Baseball League, so it's mostly Southern Metro, uh, depending on each year geographically what other communities have for what teams. But we typically go to Rochester a lot because nobody else wants to go to Rochester, and we're kind of the closest. Yeah, uh, and it's a pretty decent drive down 52. But then we play Farmington and Lakeville a lot. Sometimes we end up having to get in, put into a, a division with Mankato and some of those guys over there. But we try and keep it up either 52 corridor or 35 corridor but so from 12 year old age group through the 15 year olds we have nine of those teams this year and then we also have 
a very uh, something that's near and dear to my heart and Daniel Harong's heart is the South Metro Community Baseball League for those kids that are in junior high age group. Yeah. And for whatever reason, maybe they don't want to travel so much or the time commitment or, or whatever. Um, it's a closer league here that we do with uh, Lakeville and Farmington. So these junior high kids can still play and be part of a team. And we have two of those teams this year. So that was nice to see. Yeah, it's great. And you give them that opportunity to play baseball and, you guys have so many different leagues going on, so many different games, tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe walk me through this a little bit. How do you guys put these schedules together? I'm sure it's I'm sure it's some work, and it's a bit of an interesting process. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's one of my favorite things about it, though. Honestly, it's so awesome, especially the travel schedule. Um, we have lots of help. We have a very large board, which is awesome. We have tournament directors. We have two tournament directors. One tournament director is for the tournament that we host annually and an air tournament director it schedules where all of our teams travel to for tournaments um so again this year so he would have scheduled uh tournaments for 13 teams the 12 year olds start off with 16 game season and the from so from 12 to 14 you play 16 games and the 15 year olds i think play 12 or 14 games in a regular season and that's one of my favorite things to do is schedule those to be part of that. Yeah. I think it's, oh, it's so, we do it online now with COVID the last two years, so it's not quite as fun, but uh, normally, norm- most years, we would go all to one facility, and you would have every single level, you know, all the way from down to nine, some communities start traveling in nine, all through 15, A, double A, and triple A, and you have a schedule, and you got to sit down at a table and knock out a schedule in like 30 minutes. It's, it's it is a chaotic mess, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it does sound like fun. Running around, trying to get as many tournaments here in town as you can. And like you said, you guys got a lot of tournaments, a lot of events coming up. But you guys have some coming up here pretty soon here. Uh, what's coming up here in the next few weeks? Yeah, here in June, we've got, like I said earlier, we host a tournament. And that will happen June 11th to the 13th. We're hosting six different levels this year. So we'll have many teams coming to town. We'll be at mostly at Seckler. We'll use, for the younger age groups, we'll use the high school fields and Memorial Field in Dundas for the 14-year-old age groups. That's, all. like I said, June 11th to the 13th, which is an awesome thing that we started a few years ago, and it's been a great success and creates a lot of excitement and energy yeah. for the program. Yeah. And then uh, for the older age group at the 15s, on June 21st, it'll be really an awesome evening out at Seckler. On Monday, June 21st at 6 p.m., the St. Saint Paul Saints are giving us one of their spotlight games. So the St. Saint Paul Saints are going to come down and do their typical in-between-inning shenanigans, from what I've understood. Their games, they're announcing. Uh, they're going to bring some personalities, I think. And we're going to be out there trying to push and raise some money. We're going to have some games out there and some things to... To, for the fans to do uh and so we're really excited about that and that's all going to be held at at Seckler at newly renamed Merchants Bank Field the flagship field yeah. out there so yeah that's on the 21st then follow just a couple of days after that June 23rd the in-house is going to host their home run derby for the minors age group so your 10 uh and 11 year olds the 24th for the 8 and 9 year olds they're going to do their skills competition and then uh July 23rd to the 25th, there's an in-house tournament 
for all those minors te- minors and rookies teams. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I remember as a kid, you know, the home run derby and those types of, you know, in-house tournaments were always exciting. Um, playing in those leagues and buzz around between the different kids who got to play in the home run yep. derby. Yep. Like you had each team had a specific player that they designated to this event. And yep. um, that was all super exciting as a kid. And I'm sure the kids these days that are going through it are going to be excited for it too. I, I really agree with you. I think, and that's partly why we don't really start traveling too much until 12 is personally, I feel like uh, at that eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 and 11 year olds, they you can get just as good playing your friends and a lot of times kids will play harder against somebody they know than a traveling to rochester and playing in a hot tournament or some hot game and mom and dad are had to scramble to get off work on time and never, nobody's in a good mood by the time yeah. you get there it's better if we just host here in northfield and they will play their heart out to beat their best friend on that opposing team it is really fun to watch. It's really exciting. Um, we got the scoreboards working well this year. We got new remote controls on them, LED lights in them. It looks really sharp, uh, and so it's super exciting. So we got all these events coming here to Seckler Park, Lance, and these events are really a good thing for the community. I bet getting people driving into um, town, going to the different businesses, um, and getting out there to Seckler Park. It's definitely been a big driver. We constantly hear from visiting communities and even Northfielders that have been around a lot how nice of facilities we have. And we got grass infields for you know these younger kids, which is not normal. Normally, you go to these other towns and you're playing on softball fields, and we have clay mounds, you know, in that on those grass infields. It is really pretty. It's super awesome to watch. Yeah, um, yeah, we got a nice nice wheel out there. Yeah, and you know, with Seckler Park, it's not just the youth baseball that uses those facilities. We got a couple other different um, teams and leagues that go play out there, right? Yep. Yeah, there's the NYBA goes through 15, and then after you're 15, you go and you play VFW. VFW normally plays their games at the high school, and then you would play Legion normally. Legion plays their games normally at Memorial uh, during the summer. And then at somewhere around that Legion time, depending on how good you are, whatever, and how the Knights are doing, a lot of kids will start playing for the Knights. At that time, the Knights do play at Seckler on the newly renamed Merchants Field. And so now you play with it. You can play for the Knights, get a hold of them. Uh, a lot of Northfielders play for the Knights. So, yeah. yes, we have the Dukes and Dundas, and they're good, and they got a great facility, and we're trying to work hard to get our, our facility going, getting really nice here, too. But, yeah, a lot of Northfielders, a lot of St. Olaf kids play for the Knights, so there's a definitely yeah. a big local tie. And then there's the over 35 is the Millers, uses the same field, and the Posse, the over 50, uses that field. And then uh, as far as rest, Seckler Park, we have uh, church leagues, of course, playing on Seckler 1 and 2 and Babcock. And um, the men's and women's softball leagues, too, play yeah. out there. So, and, yeah, there's a lots of stuff going on out there every night. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with Seckler Park, it's been around this community for a while, but we're, you know, looking to maybe add some improvements to it. Yeah, it's super exciting. With that St. Paul St. Spotlight game, we're going to be fundraising. I think I'd mentioned before, uh, we're looking to do some improvements out there, Colin. There's not, you know, people don't like to use the outhouses. 
<laughs> the yeah. or the the porta potties. But uh, so yeah, we're looking to get bathrooms out there again. We're looking to do a lot of improvements, starting with those bathrooms. That would be phase one of what we're looking to do out there. Uh, we'll do some improvements to Merchants Bank Field when we're ready to do that, and that's hopefully very very soon. And then uh, yeah, we're looking to build two more fields, another full size field, another multi purpose field, and get those lit. Get Secular One and Two lit, irrigated, so we can really host some some awesome events. Yeah, and you guys have presented to the council now a plan, correct? Yeah. Daniel Hallerung uh, presented the Northfield City Council this week. Uh, we put together a nice presentation. Daniel did a lot of work around that presentation yeah. to make it, you know, put some great numbers around there so we can provide to the city and the town about uh, its Secular Park's usage and uh, what it currently does and what it could do um, and how we're going to go about fundraising for that. Uh, Secular Park was built... Uh, uh, mostly with the NYBA, by the NYBA, its guidance from the NYBA. Uh, we had some great initial people get this organization up and going, and we want to continue it. And we'd like to do it the same way, where it's through uh, gifts uh, to our nonprofit and volunteers and continue this on. Yeah, you know, and Secular Park has been such a great facility for the young ball players this town, but you're right, you know, some improvements, some new fields would be awesome for the kids, you know? Yeah. You know, the, the opportunities are, are really big if you have a, uh, when you start looking at the big picture. Yeah. With the colleges, if you bring their fields into the picture, St. Olaf and Carleton, we have a very large number of possibility of fields to be used. Yeah. But we need another showcase field and we do some improvements so we can do things like be part of hosting a state amateur baseball tournament. And uh, and to be able to host you know state tournaments um, on these bigger fields and also honestly at the 13 year old that that age group that field is a very odd size and so I think we can incorporate some do some things there too so we can really start doing some things that other communities around here can't even some bigger communities like Farmington and Burnsville Bloomington they didn't have the foresight to put a lot of this together where we have some space and I think a good committee of people to be able to put that foresight into this facility and really uh, push some sports tourism into Northfield. We're here with Lance Reister from the NYBA and Lance you've been working with the NYBA for a while but why don't you let our listeners know what your role is with the organization. Uh, I've had several roles um, starting with when I was asked I don't know many years ago now, started as the tournament, a tournament director, the only tournament director at that time, I guess, because um, we didn't host one yet. And I went from that to being the travel director. And then now I'm the equipment guy, and also I wear the facilities manager hat. And so, yeah, I hoarder you know, with the equipment hat. I'm ordering all the uniforms, designing the uniforms, ordering yeah. all of them for all these teams, um, designing hats, ordering all those, making sure we have baseballs, keeping up with any uh, equipment updates. So the catcher's uh, chest protectors now have to have an oxy standard to protect the heart, making sure we have those um, set up for kids. And uh, a lot of facilities updates, getting things dialed in so that we could start hosting these tournaments. There's a lot of things that need to be kept up with that most people wouldn't see or recognize to be able to do things like that from a facility standpoint. So it's 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 really awesome. I love doing it. 
and Lance, uh, last kind of topic here, um, talk about youth baseball and how important it could be for a kid to go out for baseball and kind of learn those lessons from the game and get involved in team sports and stuff like that. And what would be your pitch uh, for getting a kid to get out and be involved in activities like baseball? I just think it's awesome to be able to offer something like this for a team sports. Um, whether your kid does an individual sport, uh, like wrestling or track, a lot of, there is a team there. Um, but it's not quite the same as when an entire team has to compete together at the same time. You're on the field together or you're in a batting order. And you have to do things together. You have to perform similar to like a relay and track. Everybody has to be in sync and team chemistry can come into a huge role with that. And there is nothing better when you can learn the skills to perform this game. It's beautiful to watch. Most of us understand it, at least to a certain degree. And then those bus rides home when you're when you're older, when you're in high school, and you're in the, going to those section tournaments like our girls are right now, and you're winning. Those are just awesome bus rides that yeah. those memories will last forever and the nyba in my, from my perspective is a tool to get these kids to that yeah um it's they'll have some memories of going for ice cream or whatever after these games and these practices but i really want to use it as a tool so that they can compete at that higher level and create great awesome experiences when they're young so they can have awesome experiences that they'll remember from their high school career absolutely absolutely lance thanks for joining us today yeah you bet thanks for having me colin lance reister from the nyba and of course our staff here at kymn Again, you're listening to the On Deck Sports Show, sponsored by Falk Financial Services. We'll be back with Kevin Falness from the Minnesota Wild Radio Network right after this. Do you know your risk number? At Falk Financial Services, we use the world's first risk alignment platform called Riskalyze, which mathematically pinpoints how much risk investors want, how much they currently have in their portfolio, and how much risk they need to take to reach their goals. To learn more, call 507-645-2993 or visit us at falkfinancial.com. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities offered through First Heartland Capital, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through First Heartland Consultants. Falk Financial Services is not affiliated with First Heartland Capital. Kevin Faulness is our guest here on the On Deck Sports Show, sponsored by Falk Financial Services. And Kevin, it was kind of a strange year here for the Minnesota Wild with, in terms of COVID, we saw no fans here at the beginning and then slowly we got more and more fans in the stands. What was it like to finally get some fans in the crowd there? Yeah, it was awesome. It felt, you know, when we when the Wild made the playoffs last uh, late summer and they went to the bubble in Edmonton and faced off against the Vancouver Canucks, it kind of felt like pretend. It didn't feel like it was real. Then slowly but surely as the season went along, you had 250 fans in the stands. Uh, then it went to, you know, double that. And then it slowly made its way up to 3,000. I think we are at 4,500 during the uh uh, game six uh, against Vegas, and I mean, there's nothing better. I mean, that's what that's what it's about. It's not about. I mean, anything less than a full building, it just doesn't feel the same. So to get the the, the fans back in there, it was awesome. And 4,500 felt like a whole lot more than 4,500 as they went through game six. But I can't wait to see what it's like to get back in there with 
I want to fight for my my parking spot. I, I that's that's a, a problem I don't mind having because that means that we're back to full capacity and th- this team has perennially, always, annually drawn tremendously at XL Energy Center, and I can't wait to get that building full again. Me too, Kevin. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun to have that building full again. Uh, Another thing with COVID is we were going to have the Winter Classic this year at Target Field. That was canceled for now. Who knows if we'll when we'll have it, if we'll have it again. But if we do, looking back from your guys' experience working the game at TCF Bank Stadium, but now let's think about in terms of a baseball field. What do you think that's going to be like to potentially call a game from a baseball field? I think it'll be awesome. I mean, to me, the Winter Classic and those things have kind of run their course until you host it. And that's what I noticed with the Stadium Series thing, that when the Wild hosted it uh, at TCF Bank Stadium against the Blackhawks and the alumni game and all that stuff, I thought, okay, how much fun is this going to be? But it was phenomenal. It was so much fun. And especially for what we call the state of hockey, for them to host it down at uh, Target Field, I think it's going to be amazing. I still think it happens this year. I, I don't know the particulars. Nothing has been written in stone. I think they're trying to figure out the COVID stuff first, and, and then once that's done and they start putting together a schedule for next season, then they'll cross that bridge. But I, I would have to think that's uh, one of the top priorities for not only the National Hockey League, but certainly the Minnesota Wild. But it's going to be great. It, it's not the easiest venue to call a, a hockey game from, you know, a, a spot that's made for baseball. But it's a, it's a cool life experience, no doubt about it. I, I can't wait. And I, I know the Wild and the Blues will put on a, a wonderful show whenever it is. I have a feeling it'll be January 1st of 2022, and I think they'll do a heck of a job. Obviously, the Stadium Series event was a great event, and we look forward to hopefully having that there in the future at Target Field. And, you know, let's even spend here a little bit time transition talking about your broadcasting career, Kevin. For any of the fans that aren't familiar with your background, how did you get into broadcasting, and um, what led you to eventually working with the Minnesota Wild? You know, I've been in broadcasting since 1993. That's when I went to school at Brown Institute at the time. Now I think it's Brown College, if it even exists. But I needed the uh, school to get an internship at KFAN, and uh, that's what I did. I went to school while I interned at KFAN. I did overnights. I did mornings. I did anything I could to get my foot in the door, and then I just wouldn't let go of it. I, you know, the, the best thing you can do when you're in radio is make yourself available and do the best job possible when you're there. Try to listen, try to learn, and try to meet as many people as you possibly can, and that'll open up doors. For me, that led to a job working with the uh, Minnesota Vikings radio network. The guy that I was working under there got a job in Denver, uh, so that parlayed into me getting a job at a new sports station in Denver. Now it's the, the fan. I think it's 104.3 out there. Uh, and then uh, some of the contacts that I made working in Denver led to a possibility of returning home and working for the uh, pro hockey team called the Minnesota Wild back in the year 2000, and I jumped on the opportunity, and I've been with them ever since, and you know, just take whatever's thrown at me. It's been an amazing ride. It's been fun, and I can't wait to see where it goes next. Absolutely, Kevin. Absolutely. All right. Um, one last thing here. Do you have any favorite memories or moments from working in sports radio? Yeah, for me, there's. it's not close. The Stadium Series game back in whatever, I think that was 2012-ish, something like that. Uh, maybe, yeah, I can't remember what the, what the year was. But to me, it wasn't the game itself while taking on the Chicago Blackhawks and coming away with a, a fun victory. 
to me, it was more about the alumni game the day before where I saw the North Stars take on the Blackhawks and former wild players like Wes Walls and Darby Hendrickson playing with Mike Madonna and Neil Broughton and just having a heck of a time. Man, I had so much fun calling that game. And that's, to me, that's my number one memory for sure. Right up there, 2003, and Andrew Burnett scoring that goal against Patrick Watt to send the Wild into the second round. And a third-year team uh, just fresh into the league. That's hard to, hard to beat those two memories for me. Kevin, hey, thanks for joining us today. All right, Colin, thanks for having me. Go Wild. Kevin Fallness from the Minnesota Wild Radio Network. Special thanks to Kevin and, of course, Lance Reister. My name is Colin Lance Steiner. And this was the On Deck Sports Show, sponsored by Folk Financial Services. Don't forget, you can always podcast our show on KYMN's website, kymnradio.net, and we'll be back live here on KYMN one hour before first pitch of the Twins game next Saturday. Everybody, please go have a great weekend. Enjoy the warm weather. Stay hydrated. And don't go anywhere. Keep listening to KYMN because Twins baseball is coming up next. They're taking on the Royals right here on KYMN.